That's my girl. Constance Hall, one of the most talked about bloggers in the country. A look out! Opinionated, raw, thought-provoking, and never shy to have an opinion. Annalise is her best friend. The yin to her yang. The gale to her Oprah. She's the chic one. Just ask her. A show for queens, by queens. No topic is too taboo. A shame-free, judge-free space. Oversharing, commiserating, and celebrating. This is the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Come on, girls! You're listening to The Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise and we are very honoured to be joined by the Queen of Common Sense Parenting, boy champion, mum of four sons, author of 10 parenting books including her latest Mothering Our Boys. Welcome to The Queen Sesh, Maggie Dent. So Maggie, your new book, Mothering yeah. Our Boys, I yeah. am loving it. Congrats. Aww, thank you. On this one. Um, I am a mother of two boys and my mm-hmm. favourite chapter so far that I've delved into is the one about roosters and lambs. Yeah. yeah. So explain, explain what the, the rooster lamb phenomenon is. Okay. So it's a, it's an issue of temperament. We've got a spectrum of temperament and, you know, I can, I can guarantee you that, um, when our beautiful queen next to you there landed on the planet, she was at the rooster end, right? <laughs> so roosters are loud, noisy, energetic, have a heightened sense of their own importance, don't want to share nothing. <laughs> can you notice me? Mm-hmm. Watch out. I don't want to sleep. Um, and they're really kind of really hard work because they're not terribly compliant or anything. And the other end, of course, are, are your sensitive lambs. And, and, you know, once again, both girls and boys do this. Um, and they can actually be too soft, too tender and too sensitive. So our job is to kind of build a bit of empathy in the roosters so that our, you know, all of them have actually a capacity to be strong but not mean or hurt others. Mm-hmm. And then our job is to put some rooster in the lamb so that they can actually stand up for themselves and be assertive even though they have a tendency to be gentle. Mm-hmm. So they're not in any danger of being too lambish. As <laughs> no, but you know what? I think the world does celebrate loud, noisy people. Hello, we, you know, that's just the okay. way we are. Yeah, and I get really cross at times when people try and drag our shy, sensitive children forward before they're ready to. Right. Um, and I think we do. We we celebrate the people who are quick thinkers and the quick speakers and the confident. Yep. But I'm going to say there's an equal amount of strength in those. And of course, in our boy world. They are often seen as sissies or weak, and that's my biggest challenge is we need to decode the old male code that says they're less than the loud alpha males, that they're equally valid. Because Annalise over here has a lamb. I have a lamb and a rooster. Like I I literally have one of each that are so far on each end yeah. of the spectrum that when I when I, I heard you talk and I read this chapter, I, I think I really didn't really conceptualise, oh, I yeah. actually have to parent these boys differently. That's it. Oh, well done. Yes, that's mm-hmm. it. I think because so many you, people would, would do I the know. same. It's just, yeah, that's exactly right. It and makes sense. <laughs> right, so uh, my journey was my best girlfriend had a boy first and he was a sensitive lamb and I think all my ovaries just went crazy. <laughs> and nine months later I delivered mine who was a rooster and I just kept thinking that's something something I'm doing wrong. You know, mine's just a little <laughs> sh- that won't sleep and he, you know, and, and he, and, um, you know, and it took a long time and then I finally had the second one and I went, oh, he's, oh God, I must have learned how to be a good mother. <laughs> no, really, I thought it was completely that. And then I had my third who was the, oh, look, I say he was, um, you know, my unexpected miracle. His brother said he was a mistake. Um, and I thought, oh, well, I'll be fine because I sorted it out. And, oh, my God, he made the first rooster look like a bit like a lamb. Oh, no. <laughs> no, he walked down on Halloween, like, yelling out, watch oh. our world. And by then, I had learnt 
you know, how not to crush it and how to work with it and how to, you know, and also obviously I'm a bit rooster-like as an individual. So, yeah, but what I've noticed is, again, over time, um, you can soften off some aspects. You can definitely. And that's why I went, I'm honest, if you've got alpha boys or girls, get guinea pigs so that they die and they learn to be soft and gentle. Mm. So I find that with my kids, I get a lot of, it's not fair. How come yeah. Arlo's allowed to do this and I'm not? And I'm always trying to explain to them, right now, you need more of my time. Arlo needs more of my stuff, you know, or whatever it is. But my kids don't get it that I have to treat them differently because I just have to treat them differently. They're different people. Well, they are. And I guess that's it. If you're, the, the big challenge, I think, is to work out what is their unique love cup style and am I meeting that need one-on-one at some point? That was just a snippet of our chat that we had with Maggie Dent. You can find the full chat on the Catch Up podcast, Search the Queen Sesh, and you can grab Maggie's latest book, Mothering Our Boys, at all good bookstores or online at maggiedent.com. This is the Queen Sesh. Con, this article kept popping up in my feed. I kept seeing it being shared by groups. It was a Mamma Mia one and it was by an anonymous man saying he left his wife because he craved an emotional connection that his wife couldn't give him. This was just one of the quotes in the article. It said, My now ex-wife is an amazing mum, so loving, so dedicated, so in tune with her children, her children. This incredible love and dedication to her children, however, meant there was nothing left for me and we drifted apart. So to pick this apart with us, we have roped in our favourite sexologist and relationship expert, Dr Nikki Goldstein. Hi, Queens. Hi, Nikki. <laughs> I think this, this is a really controversial one because... I feel like I may offend some women, but that's not my intent. Because mm. with these situations, I do feel like when we hear a man leaving a marriage with children, we automatically point the finger at him and say, well, you couldn't suck it up and support her and stay in the household. We never actually question what went on in the relationship, whether he was happy, what you know, what she was doing with him you know, the, the details, we automatically want to demonize mm. him for it. And I really struggle with this because I've come across so many men who were so unhappy and miserable in their relationship for very similar reasons to what this article states or that lead into not getting that emotional focus. And you don't just leave someone just because they're not focusing on you. It's one of the things that happens in the mix. Yeah. So there are a lot of guys that leave with the intent of wanting to co-parent, but they can't be in that relationship. But we're still stuck in this headspace that if a man leaves the family home, it's this physical act of leaving not ending the relationship. But I kind of feel like we actually need to work with couples a little bit more around this instead of just pointing the blame figure on someone and saying, well, it's your fault or you should have stayed or you should have sucked it up and, you know, had your responsibilities. You could still be there supporting and co-parenting, but I get how this happens. I I can sort of see where you're coming from and I think everyone has the right to leave a relationship they're not happy in. And I do think that, you know, men do get judged for leaving the relationships but when women leave it we sort of tend to like stick up for each other and be like, okay, you had your reasons. And, you know, everybody has their right to be able to walk away and it's 2018 and that sort of, as long as you're still there for the kids and you're still taking 50% parental responsibility, I don't see it as being, you know, a huge... Like, I think everyone should work as hard as they can to keep the marriage together. But a lot of the time you've worked really, really hard 
anyway, this is from a woman's point of view. A lot of the time you've worked really, really, really hard and when you go, you know it's time. Whereas I, my only concern with the man it would be uh, the babies are still young, you know, the that sort of does, you do get each other back when the kids get a bit older and the baby's not on the boob or, you know, when things get a bit, you do. I'm definitely, apart from having my new baby, but I was emotionally much more free, my youngest before him were four, just mm. turned four. So, you know, I think that if you're just patient, except if he was out of love with her in particular, then it's a different story. He's saying that he was emotionally not getting what he wanted, but that could have come back. Yeah, I agree with that, Con, because I've definitely been in that position in my relationship uh, after having children where we, we were completely disconnected after having babies and it can come back. I, I completely agree that it can come back and you've got to continue to work at it. I've got a friend going through this at the moment where her baby's six weeks old and she's kind of feeling a mess because, you know, there's multiple children and she's torn every way and, and it's hard to get a relationship within that. But for somebody who is walking away and using the reason of this lack of emotional focus, you know, in this article, this was a matter over a year and a half, I think, that he started to connect with somebody at work in a way that his wife wasn't able to do anymore. I don't ever believe it's just so simple as not getting that emotional focus. Mm. But I do feel like the last straw might be in a relationship that has its problems, that when that emotional focus isn't there, because that's what you need eventually to start working on things again. When you've got those issues going on, you need to at some point be able to look at each other and focus on each other and spend the time nutting out all your crap. If you can't get that back, where then does that leave you? Mm. And other than like buzzwords like date night, like how do we reconnect when everyone's busy and working and raising kids and all this stuff? How do we and stay connected? And date night's not always a bloody option. No. No. Because you don't have any family down And sometimes you want to kill them on date night because you'd rather <laughs> yeah, be out right. with your girlfriends anyway. <laughs> or even yes, with your queen. kids. You might rather just be spending <laughs> that first time you've been able to come up for air all week giving reading your kids a story. Yeah. So how, how do we stay connected? I think one of the keys is actually understanding where the other person is coming from because we all get in to this cycle. You know, you're doing one thing, he's doing the other thing, you're pulling it against each other. And, you know, it might be a woman saying, listen, I need more help. You know, I have small children, I'm feeling absolutely rat about myself, I'm so busy, and all you're doing is complaining that you're not getting the emotional support. Whereas he might be feeling that I'm supporting this family, you know, everything's changed, you've become this angry monster, and you're pulling at other ends. Now, if you can stop and try and understand what the other person is mm, going through, empathy, and try and find a way I to break that the, the cycle, that it's a it's a cycle because it keeps going round yep. and round. Mm. If you find a way, even to be able to address the pink elephant in the room and say, you know what, we're struggling at the moment, and I get it because this is how I feel, and I understand how you feel. But having those conversations around doing that one little thing that stops that cycle, not date night, it might even be saying to your partner, listen, I actually need a little bit more help in order to focus back on you and giving them something specific to do, not we need to communicate more. If you can do that one thing for me, then I'm going to try hard not to make you. I don't want to have to tell you what to do. <laughs> I want you to just do it. It doesn't you know, work like today like is that. the day that you have to go to the ATM and get the bloody money out for the cleaner. Just every week, just <laughs> bloody do it, you know? I'm not going to ask you to do it every day because I have 5,000 other things going on in my head. Con, I if don't only keep men asking. were mind readers, mm -hmm. we'd, everything would be perfect. Not even being a mind 
Sometimes you just think, how does this ha- household get run? How does this food just magically appear? How do these bills just magically get paid? Just think. I, I don't think we're talking notes. about the article anymore. I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can catch Dr. Nikki's Podcast One series, Sex and Life, on the Podcast One app or iTunes. Thanks for joining you us. You can also Thank follow you. her on Facebook and Instagram because I love following Nikki. She's oh, thanks, sexual. <laughs> oh, what are you applying my Instagram and Facebook account is like? Well, it's just liberating. Okay. I just love it. But yeah. I am wearing clothes, all right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's not sexual herself. The content is sexual. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. Thank you, Nikki. Thanks, Nikki. <laughs> this is the Queen Sesh. We've had a queen reach out to us with a very modern conundrum. And we've got Winnie with us. Winnie, share what is what is this conundrum that you're facing? Oh dear, I have. Oh, okay. So I have uh, been undergoing some research into becoming a solo mother by choice for about two years now, due to a couple of uh, reproductive issues that I have. So I am still quite young, uh, and I just thought, well, I haven't found. Oh, sorry, a man can I yet, cut in? How so old are you, Winnie? I am in my early 30s. Okay. So early 30s, so still quite young. Um, However, with these reproductive issues, it could potentially mean that if I leave my childbearing to a little bit later in life that I may not be able to have children. And I guess my whole life has been surrounded by children and wanting to become a mother. So I have not had a full-time partner for quite a while. So over the past two years, I've just been undergoing lots of treatments and just checking into the reproduction and mm-hmm. everything that you do when you're this age. Um, mm-hmm. However, of late, I have, about a month ago, I met a delightful young man um, who I have just found absolutely adorable. He's just a beautiful human. and oh, I, we, congratulations. We get Thank you. I, I will take that one. <laughs> we get along really, really well. and So it's been about a month. However, I just need to discuss my current situation with him and I'm more than happy to bring it up with him. That's not my, not my problem. My problem is, what do I do? Do mm. I wait to see how it goes? Do I mention it now? Obviously, that's what I would like to do, be open and honest with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how long do I wait? Do I give it a six month until, you know, maybe he's ready to start discussing children? That's so quick, though. Or do <laughs> I just go ahead with my plans and... Can I, so to interrupt, so just with, with the wait list, so you're, you're about to yes. become the top of the wait list yes. in January. Yes, indeed. No, 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 at the end of November, so the oh. end of month. Oh, okay, so, so this I is like right weeks. now. Okay, so right now. you've got two weeks to make this decision. This is huge. Basically. So yes. if you say no in two weeks, do you go back down <laughs> to the bottom of the list? Is that another two-year wait? No, no, no. So um, I basically step to the side. So I go to the oh, right gosh. or left-hand side of the list. I'm still at the top. However, I, I don't quite know how long then I need to wait again till, for example, new donors come up. So there, there could mm. potentially be another wait if there's a whole uh, whole surge of new potential donors to match with. So I'm just trying to work out. Mm. Uh, what oh my god! Do. I can't wait to find out what he says. Because <laughs> meeting, I'm invested now. <laughs> Can we call him? Yeah, next week. Next week. Next week on the Queen Sesh, we'll bring him in. That um, make us bad people. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Absolutely no. Obviously, I'm incredibly aware of people's emotions and thoughts, and and it is so quick. Again, it's only been a month. However, he, I think, is quite invested as well. So 
so, and he's just a delightful human being. Oh. I mean, he, it's, oh, how it's my birthday he? today, and it's the first. And he said the first thing this morning was, "Happy birthday! I'm going to bring you a cake next week." And oh. so it's incredibly lovely, which is not what I had before. Oh. I generally had pretty. Why awesome is life doing this to you? Mm. I don't know. Answer for me, please. Well, it, it, this this <laughs> happened to J Lo actually in the movie The Backup Plan. Yes. Yeah, she, I have watched that. Yeah, nice. so she was pregnant, artificially inseminated pregnant, and she met yeah. someone. Would you use his sperm if he wanted to be involved? No, uh, look, no, no, uh, no donors come a little bit in a different kind of more legal risk, so you have to be quite careful with with that. So, for example, if I use, if I use him as a donor, I mean, I'd be open to that. However, if it doesn't work out in six <sighs> months or a year or two years, then... Legally, obviously, it's his child. So yeah, whereas, yeah, you're not whereas, doing it whereas, on your own anymore. Yeah. I don't mm. want to see you miss either. I don't want to see you miss love or parenthood. Mm. Well, that's my that's also my problem. Obviously, again, I'm still quite young, so I uh, I've got so much time, and yeah. I, then you go, well, how much time do I have? Children-wise, as against how much time do I have for relationship-wise? Yeah, that's obviously, true. you can always find someone at yeah. any time of your life, yeah. but you can't always have the child. The child. That's true. So, but baby, also, good guys are really hard to find as well, but if he really is a good guy, yeah. then he will support this journey of yours. <clears throat> yes, absolutely. Oh. But then I've got so much, I'm just going through my head, I'm like, okay, well, yes, if he's yeah. a great guy, he'll support it, but I'm not pregnant yet. So it's kind of like me talking to him about it and oh, saying yeah, this is what I want you? to do, this is my plan. Yes, so, yeah, you could mm. actually destroy a relationship and then not Absolutely. have the baby. Oh, gosh, Absolutely. so many. Okay, <laughs> can you relate to this? We want to chat to you next. What would you do in this situation, the baby or the man, 13, 10, 60? This is the Queen Sesh. Earlier we were discussing a rear, a pickle, a modern-day pickle from a lovely lady called Winnie who called us up and told us that she is about to go through IVF with major fertility problems and she's just met a man. Mm. So what does she do? Does she choose having a baby on her own and prioritise that or does she prioritise the new relationship? I think the key here is that she hasn't found love in a long time as well Mm. and she's just sort of found love. So that was a big one for me. That was sort of more of a, you know? Mm, Like something out of the movie J-Lo and the backup plan. Kind of is, yeah. Yeah, kind of, exactly. Yeah. So we've got Christina from Victoria. What would you do in this situation? I would be perfectly honest with him because he needs to be on board with it. Because it's not just going to be difficult for her, it's going to be difficult for him as well. And if he's not on board with it, then they probably won't make it through it anyway in their relationship. I I kind of agree, but I do I do worry it might be a little soon. You know, she's yeah, not four pregnant weeks. yet. She, we don't know. Four-week relationship. Could, yeah, oh. I know. And it also could be a little soon in the IVF thing to be telling, telling him now. I'm not sure. <sighs> anyway, thank you so much for your opinion. And we've got Dean from Queensland, a bloke's Hi point guys. of view. All right, so Dean, picture this: you've just met a girl, you've been dating four weeks. She tells you that she's about to embark on a solo IVF journey. What would you do? Look, it's it's a really tough one because I I would definitely want to know, and I think if I was really into it, I would want to wait a bit and see if we could do it ourselves instead of through her own IVF brand that she's had planned for a while now. Mm. It's a tough one, guys. 
It is. So you, so you would... wouldn't run a wa- run a mile though. Mm. Oh, it sounds a little. Scary. I'd run. <laughs> I'd definitely run, but I don't know about a mile. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I definitely want to know straight, like as early on in the relationship as possible, and then I think go from there. But I would okay, want to so explore. You're honesty, honesty, best policy, and straight away. Hundred percent. Oh, well, okay. we are going to be following this up with Winnie, a week-by-week week update potentially as she goes through this and progresses. We will keep you absolutely up to date. This is the Queen Sesh. Con, I was on your Insta story stalking you, as I like to do most mm. days. Don't you just? And I just saw a little fun exchange between you and your husband. Can you just tell us about how this, how this started? <laughs> I believe it was founded on jealousy was the theme. Oh, okay. So <laughs> have you ever like just been procrastinating and so you end up doing weird shit just because you're procrastinating? Uh, yes, but probably not involving what we're about okay. to talk about, so but sure. I'm, I'm busy at the moment, yeah, like busy and I can't stress enough how busy I am. And so I had all this work to do and so I'm procrastinating because I'm tired of working so much. So anyway, I was lying there looking at my baby and I was like, who loves his mummy? Who loves his mummy in the whole world? The most who loves his mummy? And Raj is just looking at me like I'm six months, you're so weird. And then <laughs> um, Daniel goes, I think I love you the most. And I was like, no, Raja loves me the most because Raja loves my boobs. He needs them to. And Denim goes, I love your boobs too. I was like, yeah, but Raja loves the taste of my milk. And Denim's like, well, maybe I love the taste of the milk too. And then we were like, oh, my God, you haven't actually tasted them because we've been intimate, obviously, with um, and and breasts involved in that while um, I've been feeding. But, like, you've got to get a real rhythm to get the milk out, you know, so it's not like he's not next to I'm getting visuals now, thanks. So, yeah, get visuals, it's sexy. Mm. And um, so he's never really drank the milk, so I – Filmed it all, got it all on a big tablespoon, and I squeezed milk on. I didn't film that part because I'd get banned from Insta. Yes, and then you, I filmed. You could have said him. it was a cow. You could have just done like a close yeah, up angle. Yeah, cow's nipples are fine. Yeah, cow Men's nipple nipples, milking cow nipples, fine. Just not mine. Yours not fine. <laughs> not fine. <laughs> Female not fine. Um, and so anyway, then I gave him this tablespoon of it, and his response was that it wasn't gross. Mm. And I was kind of expecting more of a, oh, it's actually really nice. It's yummy. It's yeah. fine. So this, and this is what I got from the <laughs> aftermath and, and the, the reflection upon, and I, I must say the tablespoon, like, you know, when you think about, you know, your partner trying your breast milk, you think about a little couple of drops on a teaspoon. This was no, like, he was not getting off that. This was like a ladle. Like it was like, I was imagining you, you know, squeezing and milking no, yourself for half milk. an I've hour. Got good, I've got lots of, Supply if you're ever low. So after his little, you know, afternoon tea break of of your breast milk, (laughs) you were disappointed that he didn't like it more. Yeah, I thought that he would be like really turned on and really like, oh, yum, it's natural, it's beautiful. Like, hey, because I think it's got got a bit of a sweet touch, and I was always a bit surprised that it's got a bit of a sweetness to it. So I've explained that to him before, and I think he was expecting that it was going to taste like friggin' chalk milk. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So anyway, he, yeah, he was just like, yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. Because you know my density, this is the man who wanted to chew through the umbilical cord. You know, he is Mr. Primal, Mr. Like, I show him my hairy legs, and I'm like, is that a turn off? And he's like, turn off, you're my cave girl. Oh, my God. He he is natural, il natural. That's what I love about him. Well, I think so, yeah. maybe he next didn't want time, any more. Maybe next time you could just try some Milo, mixing some Milo in, <laughs> that might make it more appealing. Oh my god, that actually reminds me that my friend went to someone's house for 
coffee and she was lactating and they saw her put her own milk in her coffee. Okay, that is That's weird, isn't worse it? than the ladling giant glass <laughs> that your husband had of your So milk. next time that I offer you tea, watch out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the Queen Sesh.